stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite World Talk radio shows. Visit iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept, and one we will explore today on the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're broadcasting from beautiful, sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. I heard on the weather report yesterday that someplace in the United States is about to get an early snow. And I thought, wow, I'm glad I live here. And I think that almost every morning when I go outside. Take a look at the self-improvement blog today so you can see a picture of our guest. Um, she's rather delightful, um, and you need to know what she looks like. You'll find a review of her book, From Foster Care to Fabulous. You'll find some videos about foster care that I think everybody needs to see. There are also articles about happiness, health, self-esteem, and our new healthy recipe of the week from Holly Clegg is... Uh, southwestern chicken casserole and it is yummy so eat healthy and enjoy at the same time the blog changes every day so come back regularly and visit if you want to put an article on it just send me an email you'll find a form on the blog Uh, i always welcome guest articles so let me hear from you we have a very serious topic today we're going to be talking about foster care More than 408,000 children nationwide are living in foster care. In Arizona, we have approximately 11,000, and that's a lot of children when you think about it in one state. Research shows that young people in foster care, and pay attention to this, young people in foster care are far more likely to endure homelessness, poverty, compromised health, unemployment, and incarceration after they leave the foster care system. <clears throat> they age out at the, at, of the system at age 18, and often this is without any skills or preparation to care for themselves or fend for themselves. Um, they're just sort of put out on the street. Hopefully somebody helps them. I know there are some groups that do, but many of them don't get that kind of help. Only 54% 
earn a high school diploma and only 2% earn a bachelor's degree or higher. So they go out without even the education to use as a foundation. 84% become parents too soon. So they, they're really children having children and they expose their children to a repeated cycle of neglect and abuse. 51% are unemployed. 25% experience homelessness. And listen to this. 30% of the homeless in America and 25% of those in prison were once in foster care. These numbers don't even begin to reflect how many of these children have been abused in foster homes nor how many homes they've been in. And nothing talks about the resulting physical and psychological trauma. They are known as forgotten children, and I find that name extremely sad. Our guest today is going to talk about her life in foster care and what helped her move from foster care to fabulous Capri Cruz is a certified life coach, mental health counselor, and Ph.D. scholar living in Alpharetta, Georgia. As a child between the ages of 7 and 13, she lived in nine foster homes. In each of these foster homes, she experienced physical, emotional, and sexual abuse. After being homeless for several years, she re-entered foster care at the age of 17 and remained there until joining the Navy at age 19. For years, she lived in a fear-induced trauma and self-medicated state until her life-changing transformation in her mid-30s. That's a lot of years of fear. Now a tireless advocate for self-love and personal excellence, Capri Cruz is dedicated to spreading her message of empowerment to foster children and anyone who desires to better their life. Capri, welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you so much, Irene. It is such a delight to have you here. I absolutely loved your book. Uh, Wow, talk about a lot of meat. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us your thumbnail story. Well, uh, I'm 42 years old um, currently, and uh, like you said, I've pretty much lived in foster care um, most of my life. I joined the Navy at 19, uh, retired at age 40, and uh, until I was in my mid-30s, I was uh, lost in a fear-induced state. I self-medicated through drinking, alcohol, uh, partying, um I was completely unaware of who I was, what I was doing, where I was going. I had no control over my life. I didn't know having control was an option. Um, I was a product of all the fear-induced experiences that I had endured up to that point to include uh, being in the military. You know, you're pretty much told what to do, when to do, and how to do it. Right. You kind of went from one prison to another in a metaphorical sense. Right. And, um, but the military, you know, is wonderful in its own right. But for someone like me coming out of foster care with my emotional issues, it, it wasn't, um, a good ingredient to add to the future of my, 
um, emotional being. But uh, the good news is that through the help of my brother, who introduced some wonderful, wonderful books to me, the concept of personal growth, and my own um, research later on, and my seeking spiritual guidance, um, just hating God, loving God, seeking God, hating God, and doing that all over and over, uh, till one day it all kind of, you know, became this one big melting pot, and I woke up. And when I woke up, I learned about what a wonderful, powerful, in-control person that I could become. And that's what I started to do in my mid-30s. And today, um, I got a lot to offer. Oh, yes, you do. <laughs> I love the way in the book you'd, you'd get to a concept like, you know, basically you create your own reality. And it, you could almost feel you grapple with it. And then it was like, oh, I get it. Yeah, you you take that and run with it, and and you could see it even in the way the story unfolded. That from that moment you were different. What inspired you to write your book? Because it really is a phenomenal book. Well, thank you very much. Um, I knew I was supposed to be a writer when I was in high school. I had a creative writing (laughs) class, and my teacher told me I had talent, and so that one compliment kind of planted a seed in me. Compliments um, were rare those days, weren't they? I beg your pardon? Compliments were rare. Oh, <laughs> yes. And um, I'm sure uh, at that time in my life, because I was so lost, that I probably didn't hear a lot of positive things because I was so miserable. But thankfully, that one positive compliment stuck with me. And it didn't, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't, understand it for some many many years later but um so when i was getting ready to retire from the military i had already written a book but it wasn't organized and all that kind of thing it was about my experiences in the military and me basically hating my my entire life thus far right and when i approached retirement i said i started trying to put it together i said no this this is not the book i want to release because it was coming from a dark angry hurtful place Right. And I kind of was, uh, I definitely was spirit-led to write this book. It, it, it just, you know, you sit with an idea, you're like, okay, I don't like this book, I don't know what I'm going to do, but let me think about it, you know what I mean? And so it just came to me, I was spirit-led to, to write a book about my experiences, and then as I was writing it, it kind of self-developed into the type of book that it is. I totally understand that. I see your book in many ways as a love letter to foster children. Oh, yes. Yeah. You, know, you can feel the love you have for these kids. Yeah. You know, and just, you know, it's like a gigantic hug for those children who don't know where they belong. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's um, I've been I hadn't really given a lot of thought to foster care, although I had a foster child. He didn't experience any of the things that you're talking about in your book. Mm-hmm. And so to me, you know, he was the same as my child mm-hmm. and we grew to love him. We still keep in touch. Um, this is many years later. So your book to me was a, a real aha 
for me that there are children, and I knew this at some level, I know this, but that there are children who never know where they're going to be the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with all we talk about, about the need to be loved, these children, many of them don't know anything about being loved. Yes. Yeah. What's the overarching message of your book? Oh, my gosh, there's so many. Okay, um, the overarching message is that your future is in your control for maybe not completely, but there is a great deal of control every person in this world has over their future. Yeah, it's a series of choices. Yes. But who teaches a foster child to make a good choice? That is why I wrote the book. Because uh. what I learned through my journey was that um, even if someone was trying to teach me, uh, I was moving around so much from foster home to foster home, and I was so emotionally deep in my pain, and I didn't know how to grow out of that. I didn't know what to do with that that even if somebody was teaching me the answers to become a better person, I wasn't able to process it. Um, and I'm sure I was being taught some things because I'd, been gone to count- I'd gone to counseling when I was 10, somewhere around 10, 11 is when I first started going to counseling. Um, so I had, at that point, I had some positive people in my life. Uh, after that, not so much, but, and before that, not so much, but especially during those two years. So for those that, don't hear the message or don't have people teaching them, that is why I wrote this book. And I figured, how can I reach the majority, if not all, the foster kids ever to come? You know, I can't do it as a person. I can't speak to everybody. But this book could reach all of them. If we can get everybody to get it in. I don't know whether you saw my review, but I have a whole paragraph on, on those people who should read it. Mm-hmm. You know, pediatricians should read it. Teachers should read it. Counselors, you know, anybody that deals with children in any way. State legislators should read mm-hmm. it. I read the, the, the law on foster care here in Arizona, and it reads like we're putting children in dream homes. Mm-hmm. And yet we know that that is not what always happens there are a lot of rules for foster parents right but that doesn't mean that they follow them right yeah um as an adult survivor of foster care what do you most want foster children to know that they're not alone um that they're not alone that there is help, and that God is their Savior. Uh, How do you teach a child who feels so alone and so abandoned that they're not alone? Well, you don't, I don't think. They have to feel it, don't they? Yeah, they they have to. People have to, um, you know... To tell someone you're not alone means you have to be exposed to other people that are similar to you so you can see it. Just to believe in some dream or some idea of, oh, I'm not alone, you know, is fantasy. 
So, um, which then creates a support system. If foster children are understand that they're not alone and they're exposed to other foster children, other people, similar stories, other people, similar lifestyles, then they start to feel their strength in numbers, whether it's, um, you know, the number of people are strong people or the number of people are weak people um, or abused people, there's still strength in that because what's created from that camaraderie is strength. No if matter they can make if, it, so can I. Yes. <laughs> On that note, we need to take a break. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Capri Cruz saying stay tuned because I know you won't want to miss a minute of what Capri has to say. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at World Talk Radio. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at World Talk Radio and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. Are you where you want to be in life? Are you experiencing the happiness that you're entitled to? How'd you like to improve your life and well-being? Take a weekly break to listen to Change Your Mind, Change Your Life with your hosts, Jim and Lynn Swearingen. You'll learn how hypnosis can truly help you rewrite the chapters of your life. You'll also learn to change perceptions of what hypnosis is and what it isn't. Be sure to listen every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. With my guest, Capri Cruz, we are talking about foster care. Capri was in the system for quite a number of years and has written a wonderful book called From Foster Care to Fabulous. Capri, in your book, you talk a lot about personal growth and development. Um, tell me a little bit about how you personally see personal growth and development what is it to you how do you define it at this stage of my life um i think i define it as uh, continually moving forward in a positive direction to educate myself to become better and better in whatever area it is that i choose to become better in Exactly. Pers- yeah, yeah, personal growth means that I'm growing personally in a positive direction. And some people see no need for that. And yet you're saying that, you know, 
well, we, if you're really honest, we can all improve some in some area. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just to learn a new language, that's self-improvement. Yeah. Anything you do to learn something new, be able to do something better, take a knitting class. Although we're talking about things that are much more critical. Well, how I, how can personal growth and development? Where does a foster child begin with personal growth and development when they're they're literally starving in so many areas mm-hmm. just to keep their their get their feet on the ground? Now, how do you see personal growth and development for them? Well, this is the thing. Um, People that are broken can't grow until they heal. Right. And if they do grow, I'm, I'm going to guess here that they probably cannot recognize that they're growing because they're planted in their pain. So... You know, for me as a, as a foster care survivor, as an adult, um, what happened for me was there was an awakening. There was an inner awakening. I am not the same person uh, mentally, spiritually, or emotionally that I, today that I was prior to 37 years old. I'm a completely different um, person. I, I'm made of something different. My spirit is different. Uh, the way my thoughts are created, the focus that I think in is different. And all that came from when I was around 37, I had this inner awakening that I didn't do. You know, maybe I had contributed to it um, just through my experiences in life and everything and, and my searching for answers and my fighting through the pain and the misery and the confusion of, you know, why me and why did my parents do this to me, and, and why did these other people abuse me? And, you know, all of that, you know, contributes to one day, hopefully, the awakening people have. For me, I believe it did. Um, also, you know, my brother introduced me these books to me to read and me actually reading them. So there's work going on in the brain, even when we don't realize it. Just like when we're taught... When we're young, we're taught, you know, you're ugly, you're stupid. You know, we are products of our environment. So if if our environment uh, is a self-searching one, a soul-searching one, um, you're looking for answers, your brain is doing the work. One day you just happen to awaken. Uh, your spirit, your mind, everything kind of awakens. That's what happened to me. So my thirst for personal growth today, you were mentioning not everybody seeks personal growth. Um, some people are okay with where they are in life. For me, I have uh, a constant thirst for personal growth to become better, to become smarter, become more aware, to give back to my community, to make this book here, when I, when I wrote it, um, when I was trying to figure out the title, I realized the, the subtitle, An Imperative Movement, that I wanted this to be a national movement, that I wanted to do something really big, not just for my community, but for the nation's foster children. So it's How like do you envision that? You know, let's, let's just switch gears here a little bit. How do you envision a national movement taking place? How does it start? What's the emphasis? Well, for me, I'm a strong Christian believer today. So, you know, for the, I say for the first 37 years of my life, I kind of controlled my life, and I didn't do a very good job. 
So yeah. <laughs> now is the spiritual. I, I, I say I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. I'm sure you heard that before. Absolutely, I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I meditate. I, I, you know, I think, I contemplate, I ponder to myself, and I'm guided by my spirit. So my spirit is telling me. It's hungry for change. It knows there's a need in this nation for someone. And I looked and I said, who's, who's standing up for these kids? You know, who's, like, who's busting through that wall saying, listen, we need some more attention over here because these children, I, I hear you about the national deficit. I hear you about the war. I hear you about all these social problems we're having. But what about these foster children? So yeah. this is what my spirit is pushing me toward. So it's in, internal. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm totally in sync with what you're saying and I'm wondering if any change of any lasting, um, magnitude can take place without the spiritual and mental shift, you know, that has to do with God or a higher power or source or whatever you want to call sure. God. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, you know, you were doing all the right things. You know, the meditation, to me, meditation is the absolute key to any kind of permanent positive change. And it's exciting that you got introduced to that. How did you, how did you come up to the concept of needing to meditate? My wonderful brother. <laughs> My brother is the opposite of who uh, I am in many areas. We are definitely yin and yang. He is, um, you know, an alpha male. He's very strong, and um, he was a martial artist, and so he's very knowledgeable and all of that kind of thing. And when he was introducing these books to me to start reading in 2000, which I was about 30 years old, um, he used to talk to me, and he still does, talks to me about, Eastern, and that, and that's where you'll see in my book, I, I bring in a little bit of Eastern philosophy. And, oh, you do? <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I'm 100% Christian, but I don't think there's anything wrong with people educating themselves to the other cultures of our, our world, because, uh, you know, who are we to say that we know everything? We don't. There's a bunch of countries out there, and they have cultures, and they have traditions, and they have knowledge, you know. And, and when you read sacred scriptures of all kinds they have a great deal in common oh yeah. Uh, all, uh, yeah you know across the board so you know it's smart to keep an open mind yeah. and an open heart your brother by the way gave you some amazing books to read i see he gave you james allen's as a man thinketh he gave you psycho cybernetics and you know a whole list of really mm-hmm. incredible books. Yeah. Um, so how, you know, but you and your brother were separated early on in your foster care experience, weren't you? Yes. How yes. did he fare? Did he fare? You know, was his life as tough in terms of abuse as yours was? Um. My brother. You know, me and my brother, I tell you this, um, we handled it completely different. Um, my experiences in foster care and all my abuse uh, turned me, uh, I, I don't want to say my experiences turned to me. I think by nature this is who I became due to my environmental influences, but I hid. 
I hid in my fear. I was, I was the scared little girl in the corner that was trying to become invisible. Whereas my brother, at some point as a teenager, ran away from one of his foster homes or his last foster home and went from Virginia to New York to find my dad. And I think they lived together for a while or whatever. But my brother was very bold, and he still is. He's very bold. Um, he takes control. He's very intellectual. I, I call him a genius. I think my brother's a genius. Um, whereas, you know, I'm completely different. I'm not as bold as he is. I'm not as um, my ego. I, I don't even know where my ego is, <laughs> you know. But but uh, he is like, he, but he was a martial artist, too, you know. He's the one cracking concrete slabs and stuff, right. you know what I mean? I'm not that person. So he and I uh, handled our experiences completely different. Now, the one thing that I wondered over and over while I was reading your book is how, you know, I, I know the kind of training foster parents get, and it's it's not much. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't cover how to deal with children who've been so traumatized. I mean, just not having a home, you know, just being given up or taken away from your parents is trauma enough to make a child angry and bitter and lash out. Foster parents aren't really prepared to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know how children can handle all these wild emotions without someone who's there for them that's steady as a rock and says, it's yeah. okay, you know, I, I'm here with you, I'm here for you, you know, let's deal with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, almost overwhelming for me to think about a child trying to deal with this alone with foster parents who either don't understand what to do, don't know what to do, or don't care? I would venture to say that most of them cannot, not alone. They can't. And I think that's why they grow up to become homeless and uneducated, uh, high school dropouts, if not younger, uh, criminals. Um, They get incarcerated. You know, I I was listening to your statistics, and I've also come across a statistic uh, for California uh, I think it was back in 2005 or eight, and a congresswoman was before a committee, and she was talking about foster care, and, and she was saying that in California during that time, 70% of the prison population in California, uh, or whatever part of California she was representing, um, was former foster kids. Wow. 70%. And, and doesn't that just scream, help, you know, help yeah. us, help us, do something to help us? <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I am a proponent that foster children, if you go into foster care, it should be mandatory that you get counseling. You have to get counseling. You have to go see a therapist. I'm a proponent of that. I, I can attest to the belief that had I not been in foster, um, not foster care, but a counseling since on and off since I was 10 years old, and that's why I'm working on my Ph.D. in mental health counseling. Um, I, I wouldn't be who I am today. I, I would be nuts. I would be crazy because what was I to do with all of this trauma? And for 30 years, even with the counseling on and off, till, till I was 35, I still didn't have my own awakening. So we got to get them early in counseling, absolutely, because you fester. You start creating. You don't know what you're going crazy in your own head. 
Yeah, I understand that. We're going to talk more about foster children and what their needs are. But right now, it's time for us to take a break. This is Irene Conlon and my guest, Capri Cruz, saying stay tuned. We'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. Step up to the microphone. View the finalists right now on VoiceAmericaKids.tv. America's next great star is waiting to be discovered. Step up to the microphone is an exclusive presentation for VoiceAmerica.tv, where you can see and hear America's next top child star. The program is hosted by Voice America's own Cassie Frazier, and new episodes will be available every week exclusively at VoiceAmericaKids.tv. You can say you saw them at the beginning of their superstar career. Tune in to VoiceAmericaKids.tv. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the Kidstar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1 866 613 1612. That's 1 866 613 1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the self improvement show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Capri Cruz. We're talking today about foster children. She grew up in a foster care environment and has written a wonderful book called From Foster Care to Fabulous. Before we get into this, Capri, tell people how they can find you on the Internet and how they can find your book. Well, they can find me uh, if they want to communicate with me directly. My email is my first name, Capri, C-A-P-R-I, with a period, my last name, Cruz, C-R-U-Z, at yahoo.com. Uh, if you Google me, you'll find me all over the place. Uh, my book is on Amazon and at from fostercaretofabulous.com. And I encourage you to Google her. She's quite delightful. She is quite lovely, and she has an awful lot to say. And I think the the problem that we're talking about is so enormous, and yet we're 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 talking about children who are thought to be forgotten children. Is it true, Capri, that most of these children grow up in, to what we would call broken adults? How does that, you know, what is the main contributing factor to that, and how can we stop this? Ah, uh, well, to That's stop it, <laughs> to stop it uh, would mean that you know, it probably would be almost impossible because. Uh, the problem starts with the parents, not the children. And so they're the, traumatized, most of them, before they ever get into foster care. Exactly. So, But what I have to offer is, um, 
what I would like for America and everyone else um, to understand is that how do, like you said, how do these foster children grow up to become broken adults, right? And what do you do with that? Well, for me and my experience, I just want to share that if you can imagine in your own mind that I, I was born into a family of substance abuse parents. Um, and at some point, my brother felt like my mother's neglect or abuse was too much, so he called the Department of Children's Services on my own mother. Um, and so we went from that abuse into foster care where we were exposed to more physical abuse, as you'll, you know, everyone reads in my book. Um, and so at that stage, at seven, when I left, my brother was 12, uh, we were already emotionally in trouble. You know what I mean? I was seven years old. So then we go into foster care and, you know, now we have, we don't have an identity. You know, who are we? We're some kids from an abused home uh, with, you know, crazy parents doing crazy things. And now we're in foster care with more crazy people doing crazy things to us. And so, you know, my brother ends up running away. He becomes, you know, he lives on the streets. He's homeless. He's finding his way. Is that when you two got separated when he ran away? Um, maybe a foster home or two prior to that. We got separated. The foster home that I speak of in my book where I was, uh, I was, I was between seven and nine. Um, so he was somewhere between 12 and 13, 14, somewhere around there. Um, after that foster home, uh, we were separated. And so... Like I said, he adapted by becoming bold and taking control of his destiny, even though he did it with no knowledge of what he was doing. He just, he became a survivor where I became a victim. But he was a victim also. It's just that he had a survival mentality. So he was able to sleep on the river, whereas I would be petrified to run away and sleep on, a, on the James River in, in Richmond, Virginia. Um, and he traveled to New York by himself. I would have never had the the nerve to do something like that. But so my point is is that we go we grew up into this in, in this abuse. So what happens is you become an adult, right? Time keeps going. Time's going to tick whether we're ready for it or not. So Absolutely. We, yeah, so we grow up the same with the same emotional problems, but we're just now adults now, right? And so society thinks, "Oh, you're an adult, you should get it together and know what to do." But we don't because our mind is still underdeveloped. We're still, we, don't, we don't have any help. We don't have any counseling. We don't have any family. We don't have any resources. We don't have any support system. So we're just an adult version of that young foster child. This is why people go out and start committing crimes because they have to survive or they're angry and they want to hurt people or they don't know what to do with their emotions. So for me, I drank and I was numbing my pain. Um, but I still had the broken mindset that I had as a, as a child, you know, just a different version as an adult. So that's how we become who we are as adults, uh, just a reflection of who we were as foster children. Now, the, an- the, the issue is that our identity, our self-love was never developed. There is how, no self-love. Yeah. Where, where can you learn self-love? In that system, I, I, and I know there are good foster homes. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some that you know. I know there are good ones, but there are not good ones as well. And every child deserves home yes. to be safe. Well, uh, 
some of it, you know, people are born who they are. You know, their spirit is born what it is. Um, some people develop very quickly on their own, like my brother. You know, he, he was, that was in his spirit to be a survivor, you know. For me, I was born a survivor also. I just had to get through the fear portion, which took right. most of my life. So it's very important that we have these people. We are products of our environment primarily, you know, the whole nature-nurture thing. But, yeah, by nature, we are who we are. But if we don't have the nurture part to help develop us, you know, it's like having a talent as a, as a writer but never really seeking or an actor but never going to acting class. You have to develop whatever it is that's in you, and you need people to do that. And so, so how you does a foster them. child get the mentoring he or she needs to begin to develop self-love, you know, self-esteem, all the, you know, the self-qualities? Where does that come from for them? Well, I, at this point in my life, I believe that if someone, because they're children, so how much control do they really have as a none, child? None. Do, right. they, do they get the kind of mentoring they need in some of our schools? Do they, you know, you were saying that you thought all children in foster care should go to counseling. How many really get to do that? You know, where, what's their source of, of help? Do they have any? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I really can't say because I think each state, well, I know each state has its own laws and its own resources, and each state, even counties, run their uh, foster care system differently. So that's a very difficult question for me to answer. But um, from my experience growing up, uh, my foster mother, when I was 10 years old, she put me in counseling. She called the foster care system and said, this girl needs counseling. Make it happen. And they didn't make it happen. So she went, she had, uh, her friend was a licensed social worker who became my counselor. And she went to the counselor and said, this foster child needs counseling. Can you call the foster care system and get her in here for some appointments? So was the this the foster actually, mother that really mothered you? Yes, Lynn yeah. Walsh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she took the deer by the horns and she made it happen for me. Had it not been for her, I was cross-eyed when I was 10 years old. Um, I'm not sure exactly what happened. One of the stories is I fell and hit the corner of my eye in a table when I was younger than seven. But when I got to her, she took the deer by the horns and she set up a medical appointment and got my cross-eyedness corrected. So she did a lot of things for me because she was a loving person. That's it, you know. It's and too I was bad you couldn't have stayed there. <laughs> you know, what's it like to be a child and be moved from place to place to place? It's one of the worst things a child can experience because what it does, it, it confuses the whole inner system you got working, you know, your mind, your spirit. It is, it is thrown. It's like a roller coaster. You cannot get a foothold on who you are to create an identity or a healthy identity. You can't get a hold on creating any type of self-love because you have no constant home life. Are you always trying to learn how you're going to please this bunch of big people so that you don't get hurt more? Absolutely. There is a rampant of things you're trying to do. You're trying to make sure you don't get abused, that you don't piss anybody off, that you don't set anybody off. You know, even as a child... A child learns very quickly 
how to tiptoe around, not to upset people. And so because you don't know who anybody is, you, I did, I know I did, I became very quiet and I sat still and I didn't want to move. And so it stole away my personal power. I couldn't develop into a healthy individual because I was so fearful. Hey, let's talk about developing into a healthy individual. How does that start after you've been in this system? You know, where where does forgiveness come in? Can you forgive it? Um, you know, talk about how you heal. How did you heal from this, or or did it come to that moment of awakening where healing really began to take place? Yes, it, it did take until the awakening occurred. Um, what I learned over the years that I recognized in my awakening is that, and a lot of this had to do with me researching my own parents' upbringing. Uh, one, I had to be compassionate. There was no way I was going to forgive anybody if I was angry. So you're dealing with multiple things at once. So um, I had to have compassion for my parents, that their parents weren't the best parents. And so they, they became parents. They didn't know what they were doing. You know, they're in drugs and alcohol and poverty, and so I'm not going to probably become a Harvard graduate. I'm probably going to become a product of poverty and drugs and alcohol. And and what happened was it ended up becoming the foster care system. So I had to have compassion that they didn't have the tools. Um, Even if they had been introduced to the tools and resources, they either didn't have the personal fortitude to, to become better people or they just didn't care. Whatever the reason was, it didn't matter. I had to forgive them and say, they're children of God, they did the best they could with what they had, and they did a crappy job, but I have to take full responsibility. Full, and a lot of people have a problem with this. Full responsibility for the rest of my life. And if I don't let go of the anger, if I do not forgive every single person that's abused me, I will not take full responsibility of my life because I'll continuously look backwards and point the finger and blame. You have to seal every crack and say, I forgive everyone. I hold no blame to them. This is God's problem with them, not mine. I'm dropping that baggage and I'm moving forward. That's how people transition out of wherever they came from. I want our listeners to think about that while we take another short break. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Capri Cruz saying stay tuned. We'll be back with more. We're making it easier to listen to the World Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Meet best-selling authors, find tantalizing new books, learn the latest healthy living tips, and be inspired to coach yourself to success on Star Style. Be the star you are every Thursday from 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific Time on World Talk Radio. The Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and her health hero daughter, Heather Brittany, fire up the airwaves with upbeat, positive, life-changing talk radio. It's the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Thursdays from 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Come play with us. Never say never. 
the World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Capri Cruz. We've been talking about her life in foster care and some of the things that children experience there. And she's an example of how a, a human can come through some of the hardest experiences and still thrive you know, and still make it as a, an adult and be successful in their life. Capri, what are the tools that foster children need to come through this experience? You have some hindsight with it now. Yes. Um, actually, I do. <laughs> uh, you know, in my book, um, I talk about um, a few very important ones. And one tool is they have to learn to love themselves. If you don't have self-love, where are you going? You know what I mean? So they have to define that for themselves. They have to uh, create that. And uh, for me, it was through reading books. It was through um, surrounding myself with people that I could finally recognize loved me. And it was through my spirituality, knowing what God said I was, not what other people in the world said I was, and what his promise for my life was, and the authority he gave me over my own life. You know, um, also, healing, for them to understand that, first of all, their life is, is a journey. And so healing is going to be part of that process. It's not going to happen overnight, but if you incorporate some tools, um, again, they can look in my book for some of these things, but incorporate these tools and know that it's a journey. It's not a destination that, um, you know, you have to resolve anger and blame and fear. They have to come to peace with the, the trauma and the abuse in their life, if they maintain their anger, if they stay um, damaged, if they don't seek their own healing, um, and for me that was through meditation and prayer and just sitting still with my spirit, that if you don't resolve that, guess what's going to be produced from that? More anger and blame and negative things. If you want positive fruits in your life, in your future, you have to start having some positive stuff in your spirit and in your mind. Or Do else- you think that if if children were able to read your book, and honestly, I think they'd need almost somebody to be with them, a- a- introduced to this, because some of these concepts will be so new, mm-hmm. they haven't heard some of these wonderful positive things that you put forth. But let's say they get their hands on their on your book. It doesn't matter what age they are. What are their chances of being able to understand what you're telling them and take it in? Well, this is what I think. First off, I think every foster child that can read should have this book. Oh, I and totally I, agree with you. And I don't say that self-promotingly. I say that because there are answers. 
I, I am, and I don't say this boisterously, I am a Ph.D. scholar. I'm getting ready to do my dissertation. I'm retired military. Okay, just that alone, the military, uh, there's a whole lot of life lessons right there. I'm a mental health counselor. I'm a substance abuse counselor. I'm a life coach. There are answers in this book. This is no fancy-dancy made-up crap. <laughs> you no, know what I mean? no, it isn't fancy-dancy made-up yeah. crap. It's absolutely rock solid. But sometimes when you give a starving person solid food, they don't know, they can't digest it. Correct. And so what I believe would happen, in my mind, this is what I see happening. The first few chapters, they're going to get. Yes. The whole, they're going to understand my experience. They're going to be able to relate to my, my experiences in foster care. And I think that's going to build some type of trust with me, the author, the person writing to them. The dedication letter um, or the, the personal letter that I write in my introduction to them, I'm writing to that foster child to build a connection with them. So the first few chapters, I have no doubt they're going to be able to connect with on their own because it's human, it's emotional, it's right. I've been where you are. Now the more advanced stuff about... Um, uh, you know, getting even getting to know the real you, I think that's where the break will start. Like, what does that mean, the real me? You know, they'll start asking questions there. And then from there on out, taking personal responsibility for your life, defining yourself, don't live in anger and all that kind of thing. That's probably where, even if they don't get it today, they have the book for next year. Every book in my house, I have a big library in my house. But I don't, first of all, I don't read every book from front to back. Sometimes I just pick a chapter that resonates with me today. And so they have the tool, which is the book, for next year. They can revisit it and say, hey, I'm at the point of where, where I'm tired of being angry. Let me go to that chapter on don't live in anger or blame. You know what I mean? So it will be there when they're ready. You know, the thing that strikes me about your book is that you remember so clearly what you needed to know. For instance, I love your little piece on going to college. This is information most of them never have heard, never thought of. But with that little, I mean, what is it, one or two pages? Mm -hmm. But they can clearly see what's involved here, what's open to them, what's yeah. out there for them. Uh, I did not know there were funds available to foster children to help them go to college. They all need to know that. Right. You know, some wonderful, wonderful resources in your book. One thing that you say in your book that just struck me, and it stays with me, and, and you can comment on it if you want. Um, you said, I was brave all my life, but didn't know it. Yeah. Now, are most foster children brave and don't know it? Can they come through if they just even have just some help, you know, just somebody who cares enough? To give them a helping hand out there? Oh, gosh, yes, Irene. Every foster child is brave. You know, to survive and not kill yourself, that is the marker of their reflection of bravery, to continuously have to move and move and move, and they're still standing. How remarkably brave they are. And, oh, and, I think the resilience of these foster oh, children yeah. is just amazing. Because someone that's not brave would quit. And they don't quit. They grow up. They may not know what to do. They may not have the tools. They may even get on the wrong path in life and become incarcerated. But they are in that fight, and they're they're trying. 
They just need help. They need direction. They need mentorship. My daughter is 20, she'll be 21 years old, and she's not ready to be by herself. I still have to guide her. I still have Absolutely. to help her. Absolutely. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, we're so right up to the end of the show. I can't believe it's gone so fast. There's still so many things I'd like to ask you. But what's the, the thought you'd like to leave with our listeners today, Capri? Oh, not to give up. Don't give up. Know that you are responsible for your life. At whatever stage you're at, pick up a book, start educating yourself, go seek out help. It may not come to them. They may have to go seek it out themselves. And if you're listening and you want to help with this problem of what's happening to our foster children, find uh, Capri on the Internet, Google Capri Cruz, uh, contact her, ask her, how can you help? Next week's guest is Susan Dentino. She's the author of Songs of My Life, Slightly Out of Tune. She's going to share with us her own personal growth story, and it, I can guarantee you it's going to be witty and funny and entertaining. So come back next week. Capri, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much, Dr. Irene. It's been such a wonderful thing having you. This is Irene Conlon and Capri Cruz saying come back next week. And please, if there's something you can do to help with the situation of foster care in this country, contact Capri Cruz. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.